0: So we're going to be looking tonight uh, at uh, Colossians uh, chapter 3, and we're going to look at a few verses uh, in that chapter. But before we start, let's uh, commit ourselves to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, once again, we come before you, and we thank you that we can approach the throne of grace. Uh, We thank you that through our Savior, Jesus Christ, he has made this possible. We also thank you tonight for the freedom that we have uh, to gather like this around your precious word. So our deep desire would be that Lord open our eyes, that we do indeed may behold wondrous things from your word. Guide us and direct this uh, meeting as we have gathered here. And uh, we are sure to give you all the honor and glory. In Jesus' name we ask this, amen. So I'm going to read a few verses uh, in the previous chapter, just to give you a kind of a joining. Uh, Brian took it up last uh, last week, so we're going to look at chapter 2, and we'll start maybe a few verses in uh, at verse 16. So let no one judge you in food or in drink, or regarding a festival or a new moon or Sabbaths, which are a shadow of things to come. But the substance is of Christ. And that's a very important statement. The substance is of Christ. Let no one cheat you out of your reward, taking take delight in false humility, worship of angels, intruding into those things which he has not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind, and not holding fast to the head, from whom all the body, nourished and knit together by joints and ligaments, grows with the increase that is from God. And then we'll go down into chapter 3. It starts off with uh, the New King James says, If then you were raised... The actual Greek rendering of that phrase is since since then you were raised uh, with Christ seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God set your mind on things above not on things on earth for you are, are dead and your life is hidden with Christ in God when Christ who is our life appears then you also will appear with him in glory. Therefore put to death your members which are on the earth. And he gives a list, Paul gives a list of of the passions and uh, desires of the flesh uh, in in the next uh, few phrases. Uh, Finishing off that by saying, you know, you once walked when you lived in them. But know you yourselves. Are, but know you yourselves are to put off these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another, since you have put off the old man, with his deeds, and have put on the new man, who is renewed in knowledge, according to the image of him who created him, where there is neither Greek nor Jew circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all and in all." Now, we might not get any further than these few verses tonight. I found that when I was reading through, uh, when I've been reading through the New Testament epistles and reading through the Colossian epistle, it brought back some thoughts in my, my mind. There, Psalm 105, for some reason, has been stuck in my mind for the last month or two. And I keep thinking about that. And here we are at the, the beginning of chapter three, and it says, since you were raised. Now, Psalm 105 is a song of David. It's uh, similar to the song that he wrote and they sang and danced to when the Ark was returned to Jerusalem in 1 Corinthians 16. If you look at the, if you look at the two songs, they're very similar. And, you know, when you look at Psalm 105, the occasion in 1, Corinthians, uh, 1 Chronicles was the fact that they were celebrating the return of the Ark of the Covenant to where it should be. In Jerusalem. They made a lot of mistakes bringing the ark back to Jerusalem but finally before it made its final journey, final part of the journey, David finally got it from God. How this ark should be carried before we know that it was not carried according to the order that God had commanded in the law. It was to be carried by Levites. No Gentiles involved, no Gentiles near it, no Gentiles to touch it. It was by the tribe of Levi. And they were not to carry on a cart. They weren't to carry on this or that. They were to put staves through the four rings on the corners of the ark and carry it manually. That was the order of God. And they finally brought it back to uh, Jerusalem. I think the lesson there is that when we walk for God, walk with God, we walk not according to ourselves. We walk according to the commands and the words and the instructions of God. That is a a theme, believe it or not, in Colossians. That was the theme in the letter to the Ephesians, wasn't it? We had the doctrinal section for the first three chapters. The last three chapters was application. application. Brothers and sisters, when we approach the word of God, the word of God is not meant to be just a textbook. It's not meant to be a book that you take and read each day for an hour or so and put it down. It's not a book to titivate your intellectualism. It's The word of God to be read, but also to be applied. If the word of God, if you're not applying it to your life, if I'm not applying it to my life, then I think we read the word of God in vain. The word of God is almost like an instruction manual. It's the way that God orders things. And in the New Testament, God orders a certain way for us to walk before him. Now, when you come back to Psalm 105, the occasion is different when David is singing this song, because it's David that's written it, although they don't ascribe an author to it. He has definitely written that, that psalm. And they are singing. And what are they singing? David is bringing back to them the remembrance of what Jehovah has done for the children of Israel. His promises... His covenants would never be broken to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And they were celebrating that fact of the goodness and the kindness and the loving kindness and the mercy of God. If you read that whole psalm through, that is the theme of that psalm. And here they are looking back at the greatness and goodness of God, and they are celebrating that fact. So this is the kind of connection that... that Paul, when he's writing this, uh, these words in chapter three, as we have got it here, you know, it, Colossae was a place of idolatry. It was a Gentile, industrial, very industrious uh, type of city at one point, point. and they worshipped gods. They were loose living people, adultery, fornication, etc., etc. That was the kind of atmosphere that Epaphras went into from Ephesus. And when Epaphras uh, evangelized, he became a church planter uh, in uh, Colossae. What a difficult job that must have been for Epaphras. That was the kind of, that was the kind of uh, environment that he came into. And this young church here uh, in Colossae, this is where this church was being nurtured and brought up and growing. And Paul had great great concern over the church. he had never visited uh, Colossae, the Colossian church, but he had great reports about the church. But obviously there was a lot of things going on there Uh, For instance, I think the legalism they were still preaching, you have to be circumcised. Because we're reminded in the Colossian Epistle that we are the circumcised of God, not the circumcision by hand, but spiritually. So when we come to chapter 3, it says, if you were then or since you were then raised with Christ, I think of the many, many blessings, and it could be that as I'm getting older and as I'm getting closer to home, that I think perhaps more of these things. Uh, You know, when I saw that phrase, since then you were raised with Christ, here we are, we're talking about baptism. It's been previously discussed in this epistle. We, in a spiritual sense have been crucified with Christ. In the spiritual sense, we have been put to death with him. We have died with him. We have been buried with him. But also, we have been raised with him to newness of life. You know, you, you, you sometimes hear messages where I almost think that the, the message is that we are a makeover. A Christian's not a makeover. A Christian is not a rebirth. A Christian is a new man. He's been born again. He's awakened to a new way of life that is directed by the Holy Spirit who indwells each one of us. Now the question is that if we've been raised with Christ, what do you What's in your thoughts? What's in my thoughts? What kind of things do we think about? Are, are we the kind of believers that sit at home and just because we're going to do, we think about Christ? Do we think about thinking? Are <laughs> thoughts about thoughts? Christ is our life. Not a part of it not a little smidgen, not a compartment, but Christ is our life. He has chosen us, we have chosen him. And uh, I've often thought to myself that, uh, you know, I've told told a brother in here many times, one of my best times for thinking at night, believe it or not, is when I go to bed. I I don't fall asleep very easily. But I love to sit back and think. And I don't think about the things I've done that day. I'm reflecting on Scripture. I'm reflecting on the goodness and the greatness and the loving kindness of God in my life. You know, I I don't have a spectacular testimony. I can't tell you that I was about to get run over by a truck and God saved me. I was not an alcoholic that he saved me from that or he saved me from this but i'll tell you one thing he has done he saved me from a lost eternity but he's not only saved me from something he saved me to something and that's what it is here since then you were raised with christ what is it seek those things which are above where christ is sitting at the right hand of god Set your minds on the things above. We do not belong to this earth. We are truly aliens. Not the kind that goes across the border, mind you, but we're aliens here. We don't belong here. We're nomads. We are called nomads. we pitch put your tent today here. You know what? God says, sorry, you're going to South Africa. So you go to Africa and you pitch your tent. You pitch your tent wherever God wants you to pitch your tent. We have no permanent home here. Uh, I've often said, perhaps in a a joking manner, (laughs) when when Christ comes, you're not taking that mansion to heaven with you. Why would you go? Why would you take your, your house with you? There's already one there being prepared for you. You know, most of us are not wealthy. Most of us are not even anywhere near being wealthy. But boy, we have riches beyond our imaginings. We have riches that, that we have not even tapped into most of the time. So we're to see the things which are above. And, we have, uh, and that's where Christ is today. He's sitting at the right hand of God in the place of authority, in the place of honor, in the place of supremacy. And that is what we have to seek. You know, in Ephesians, uh, we, we learn that we are seated with him in the heavenlies. And uh, that's where our thinking should be. Uh, look, I'm retired. I don't work for a living anymore. But I will tell you, when I did work, I worked pretty hard. So I don't have the everyday mundane things that are occupying my mind. Uh, there are people who are working, and they are rightly so will have to think about their jobs and think about the professions or whatever it is. But there, there comes a time when you have to regulate your time and, and how you approach. Uh, you know, we talk in business about time management. Eh? Time management is a big important thing. I uh, used to manage a staff of almost 60 people. And I'll tell you, I had to manage my time like crazy. But also, I had to learn how to manage my time that gave me time to set aside time to read the Word of God, to study the Word of God, to let the Word of God eat into me, become embedded in me. Uh, And you have to take time to reflect. Reflect. This life is so busy. Everybody's so busy here, there, and everywhere. You know, that, oh boy, I forgot. I forgot my reading today. I forgot to get the children around the table uh, to read the word today as a family. Like, these are all important things. These are all important things. So we carry on. The world doesn't understand us. The next verse says, uh, For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ and God. Our life is hidden with Christ in God. The world doesn't understand us. They they don't see us for what we are. They don't see us for who we belong to. But we know that our life is in Christ and it's hidden with Christ in God. I don't think you could be any more secure than that. That our life is hidden with Christ and God. And we go further over. It says when Christ, who is our life, appears, then you will appear with him in glory. One day, one day Christ is going to show us to the world. We're going to be raptured to go with him. And one day he's coming back to earth. And we are coming with them. And I will tell you that there will be people who will look and then they will understand who we were, who we belong to, and what our mission was here on earth. It says, therefore, put to death your members. Now, that's not each one of you. That's that's not what it means. It's It's like parts of your body, you know, your body like our souls are saved. We have the power of the spirit indwelling us, but the flesh is continually pulling us here, there and everywhere. And uh, it says, therefore, put to death your members which are on earth, then a whole whole list of things again. Obviously, there were some pretty awful circumstances uh, in Colossae. But you know what? Read those descriptions. They exist today. They exist today. Uh, but now yourselves are to put off these things, like things like anger wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Whether there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, or free, but Christ is all and in all. The one thing that I uh, loved about that statement is that, that we, if we are born again, and we are new men and women in Christ, the old man shouldn't exist anymore. Yeah, we'll be fighting the old man, because the old man will exist in a in a way, but we have to keep on fighting. Remember Ephesians six. Put on the whole armor of God. We are going to fight and fight, and every day is a fight. If it's not a fight physically that you're in temptation, it's certainly up here too. It's up here. Uh, you know what does the devil do? You know when you think about you think about Adam and Eve in, in the garden. The devil came to Eve and spoke to her. And the first thing he said, well, look at that tree. Look at So she looked on the tree and she saw the fruit was good. She listened to Satan. Ears and brain. And this is where Satan will attack us. I think first every time. Because the brain and the thoughts are what controls the actions of the body. You know, without that happening, you know, if you take away your brain, your body's dead. It it does nothing. You know, a dead man can't respond to anything. You're dead, you're dead. If you're six feet down, you're six feet down. That's all there is to it. You cannot respond to anything. And if we are truly dead to the world, we shouldn't be responding to it. It's a battle. But, uh, but what, I, what I see in, in this, uh, the, this passage, part of this passage, is the fact that the one thing I love about the Church of Christ is that we are all on the same level. There's neither Jew, there's Gentile. Uh, there's neither rich or poor there is neither black nor white because in Christ we all come in at the same level lost sinners, saved by grace and nothing else and uh, so we are all equal in the church no brother and no sister is any greater than another some God chooses to take on Areas of responsibility. But in Christ, we are all equal. And uh, if you take a closer look at this chapter, you'll find that, that we are instructed to love one another. You know, the, I forget where the passage is, but it says, if you don't love one another, the love of God is not in you. So we, we have to love one another. Now I'm going to close with this because time's gone. Uh, I find that half an hour will not do justice to the, this passage. But we we come down to uh, how are we going to accomplish successful and uh, living in Christ? It says, "Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns." Spiritual song singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Like the Word of God is important. It is the Word of God. It's inspired. It's infallible. It is written by men that were inspired by the Holy Spirit over eons of time. And the proof of the pudding is that it is inspired because this book has lasted an awful long time, these records. And I can tell you from history, people like Adolf Hitler tried to eliminate the Bible. He tried to burn it, and all religious books that we relate to it. And that's happened over the centuries. They have tried to destroy the word of God. You will never destroy it. It's the word of God. And even if you destroy it in print, there are many millions of people who have memorized the word of God. I have a friend in Scotland. I keep talking to him once a month. He's 95 years old. And we talk a lot about scripture when we're on the phone once a month. And we're talking about a certain subject. And all of a sudden, boom, he's right there. And he is actually, from memory, quoting verbatim, not just a verse. Verses. Sometimes a whole chapter. So that's where we should be with that, that the Word of God should be such a part of us that, you know what, when when certain temptations come our way, we're heightened to resist that. Well, that's not right, we question. Uh, And we question that because our morals are different and our approach is different. you know, when we were unsaved. We we, we wouldn't give some of these things. I uh, thought, oh, well, yeah, my friend does it, so why shouldn't I? Like, the Word of God is meant to cleanse us. If you look at Psalm, uh, what is it, Psalm 119? I think I was looking at that this morning, actually. Uh, I like it, and I think it's, it says about thy word, yeah, thy word have a hidden your word have I hid in my heart. There it is there. In Psalm 119 verse 11, your word I have hidden in my heart. Why? That I might not sin against you. Uh, That is, that's why we, that's why we read the word of God. We read the word of God to, to, so that the armor of God becomes strong, our faith. The shield, the breastplate, you know, the the helmet, they become stronger and stronger every, every day. And, uh, you know, and that's one of the reasons why we read the Word of God. The, The Word of God will sift us, it will cleanse us. But the other thing, too, is that we read the Word of God so that we understand God Himself better, you know. I have often said, I think it was as Brian have said it many times, this: how can you talk about someone in a very affectionate, loving, knowing way unless you know that person, right? I can't walk up to a stranger and start to give them their life story. It's the same with God. If you don't know about God, if you don't know about God from his word, how can you have a relationship with him? You can't, because you don't know who really God is. You know, I think of Moses, when he was up in the mountaintop receiving the tablets, and time has run away, I'm rambling on here, but Moses was up in the mountaintop. Moses had such an experience of God on the mountaintop that he stood And looked and said, Lord, show me more of your glory. When was the last time you thought of that? Lord, show me more of your glory. And then we, uh, the last verse, that no matter what we do in life, whether it's a work, whether it's a play, no matter what we do, The one thing I I learned to do, wasn't right away, but in business, I eventually learned one very important lesson, that what I did in business was not only to or for a man, but I was doing it to the Lord. That is the command. That is what regulates our lives. That's, that's the bar. What we do in life, we do it to the Lord and for his glory. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we can only know you in a measure. And we do pray tonight that uh, in our hearts will, a desire will be there, a great desire will be there. Uh, To allow the Holy Spirit who indwells us uh, to teach us uh, from your word that we may behold your glory. That uh, we may get to know you more intimately. And that as we live here before men, and of course before you, that we will do nothing nothing that will bring dishonor or disgrace to your holy name. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.